us stand together just to begin to use your spirit to access what is already happening. Start praying in the spirit. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. This morning, Lord, we say that our body, our flesh, our mind cries out for you. Yet we realize it is by the Spirit that we can touch you and see you. And so we do not hesitate. We step in and allow our spirit to be caught up with you in heaven. Let's just go with the sound. Allow your spirit to, to swell up out of you and sing. Something great is about to happen this morning. Ask yourself that question right now. How worthy is he? How worthy is our God? How worthy is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Ask yourself that question right now. Because the Lord is waiting for a response from his people. The revelation is to come when we ask ourselves the question, how worthy he is. Because the answer to that will unlock something in us. It will unlock a worship that is more pure than anything before. It will unlock a stream that is more pure than anything we've drank from before. How worthy. How worthy are you? The question is how worth it are you? How worth it? How worth it is this? How worth it is my standing here right now and crying out? How worth it is it? Is it worth it? By faith, Cain offered a better sacrifice than Abel. What Cain did was he heard what God wanted and he gave him what God wanted. In this moment, a song is not what God requires, but worship is still required in this moment. So the challenge before you right now is how do I worship God? You have to hear what he's saying. How do I worship God now without words? How must my body respond? What must my posture be? This is what it means to worship the Lord. Psalms is full of it. You all know these psalms. You've read them. Now is the time to respond with your body. Position yourself. We can't move from this place and this moment until we respond or we turn away. So what is the Lord saying to you? What is your offering? Let's respond. They're going to pull back and we're going to respond. The awkward feeling right now is exactly the thing that needs to take place. It's exactly what needs to happen. We're not going to try to make you feel more comfortable. The awkward feeling is the reminder, hey, I'm reserving something. I was going to reserve this for later, but it must be spoken now. The Lord gave me a directive on Friday morning as we were gathered praying. 
and he revealed a land that was promised to this for this time. And let me tell you that what's in that land is spectacular. But he showed me that how we've accessed these places in the past, that way wouldn't work anymore. And I'm referring to the battle of the mind versus that of the spirit. You see, we're very good at analyzing. We're very good at trying to figure things out and explain them. But there's a land, there's a place reserved for this time that can only be accessed by the Spirit. It's the only way. We want to understand what's there. We want to see what's there. We want to know if it's good enough for us to go there. But the Lord says that the land has been promised and that's all you need to know. You must just go. See, the Israelites had an opportunity to enter a land of promise. They had an opportunity to be led into a fullness of what they were called to be. Yet they did not. Because they allowed something else to lead them. They didn't allow the Spirit of the Lord to lead them. That was the real thing. And this next place that we're going in this day requires us to submit and be led by the Spirit. Which is why we sing things like we just sang. You are worthy. The Bible says that when we see him, we'll be like him. What if seeing him required something else than just looking at a screen or reading something? What if seeing him means you had to go somewhere? Or prepare yourself to go somewhere? What if it was a lot more than just opening your eyes? What if there was a, a process that he was trying to take you through so that you could see? That's the real challenge. And so what we've been trying to do this morning is push past the five senses that we kind of have right now. The five senses that would tie us to the earth. They're amazing and they're blessings from above, but what if there was another sense? What if there was something more that we could touch that we don't even know that we could touch? I've said this analogy a lot over the last couple weeks, but what would happen if a Ferrari was dropped back in 1850 in the midst of a group of people? What would it look like? What would it do? What, how does this work? But the people that wanted to know would actually get in and try to do something that they had never done before. Push past their realm of knowledge, their intellect, their wits. Push past and allow themselves to be in another vehicle. God is bringing us into another vehicle in this day. 
He wants us to push past what we know and what we think we know. And he wants us to get in and explore and try to drive something new. You see, he's gracious. And because he's gracious, he doesn't tell you how it works before. Because if you know how something works and you don't use it, you then opened yourself up for judgment. But if you would just allow yourself to be caught up in that new vehicle without understanding it first, life can come. And then understanding can come. And then you can drive that thing wherever it needs to be driven. So let's regroup right now and stand to our feet because we're not done. There's a, there's a vehicle that he wants you to get into this morning. And it's going to require you letting go and shedding the processing intellect of the mind and allowing yourself to be caught up in something new. Sing a melody in your heart as Paul writes to the Ephesians. Let a melody rise up to God. God, we want to see you. We want to see you to be like you. We let go. We let go of our intellect and we say, I am abandoned before you. I give myself to you. You are the one that is worthy. You are worth it. You are worthy of my worship. Just stay in this for a bit. We wait on you, Lord. Just like Moses said, I'm not moving until you move. God, right now we say we're not moving until you move. So I hear the words that Paul wrote, I think, to Timothy. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. Even if we remain, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. So I feel like the Lord is saying, look to me, don't look to yourself, but look to me. So God, right now we choose to look to the faithful one. We take our eyes off ourselves and our situations. God, we can't remain faithful. It's not, we've fallen God, but you continue in faithfulness. So God, we choose right now today to look to you, the faithful one, the one who is called faithful and true. I keep feeling a, a pushing and a surging of this intercessory cry. And I'm right now I'm waiting in between to see which we will choose. And I think the Lord is leaving it up to us this morning. We could, we could go into something or we could wait and do something else. And so, you know, that's just me revealing what's going on inside of me. So why don't we wait for a few minutes and allow ourselves to be in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit and see if this pushing actually opens up for us, all right? So that's what we're doing right now. I believe that there's something to this faithfulness of God. And I heard the Lord say that it is his faithfulness that brings life to dry land. And I saw a picture of a large stone in a desert. And water just started to trickle out of the stone, right out of the stone. 
and started to flow down the path of the least resistance. And as the water flowed, I saw things grow up beside the water. And I heard God say to me, this is my faithfulness. This is my faithfulness that flows out from me. Come into my faithfulness. And so then I say, okay, I'm coming into your faithfulness, Lord. And I feel like as I'm walking into his faithfulness, into this water that's flowing from the stone, I become faithful myself. And in my life, I am faithful in things because I am in God's faithfulness. And then I see that, actually, this is such a dry land, but everywhere the water goes, there's so much life. And I hear God say, I bring life to the dry land because of my faithfulness. I started this thing. I started this earth. I made these nations. And I will bring life to them because I am faithful. Because I started it and I will finish it. And so I say to the dry nations, be ready for your faithful God who is coming to bring life to you. Life is flowing out from a place you wouldn't expect, from a stone. And life is coming. So nations, be ready for your God, for your faithful, faithful one. For Jesus who will finish what he started, he will complete it. And so nations, be ready for your king, your faithful king, your faithful, faithful king. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to him and trust in him. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way or because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Hey, our, our generation really doesn't like to wait. We don't like to wait. Right, Steph? Waiting sucks. Yeah, this morning, what he's... <laughs> And it's painful for me to not put my hands in it. But he's drawing us out to the end of ourselves. It's an endurance race. It's, it's a marathon versus a sprint this time round. Do you hear that? It's an endurance test. He's pushing you to the edge. Well, how? And then we find out where it is. That's actually a good thing. So they do in the military. Push you to the edge. Then you realize, well, if I just jump off the edge here, I can keep going. And so this morning, endurance test. So Lord, we, how, here's the question. Who's willing to run an endurance test in this, in this time? Okay, it takes commitment. It takes preparation. It takes moments like this where we test the end of ourselves and find the end of ourselves to where we're really working off of emotion 
versus working off and from the Spirit. And that's what he's bringing us to right now. It's a hard place for us to be because we want something groundbreaking to happen on a visual front. But really, ground is being broken. It's just under the surface. It's in the foundation. The Lord brought a word on uh, Friday about actually tearing out the old foundation because what he was going to build was better than any house that you could put on top of the old one. Do you hear that? The foundation that we have built is being taken out for something new. Maybe not even a foundation. Maybe something completely different. I don't want to get too much into it because I feel a prophetic word, but I'm going to save it for later. Um, does that make sense? I know it's, it's awkward, isn't it? That's good. It really is. What is the Lord doing in us? What is he touching? What is that thing he's putting his finger on? It's something. Something significant. Lord, we want to submit ourselves to this endurance race, to this endurance test. Clearly you have a purpose and a plan behind this finger being put on this thing. Lord, forgive us where we've relied on our own strength, relied on our own emotional power to carry us forward. We relinquish that, not by might nor power, but by your spirit. Amen. Chris, why don't you come? Just before we make this transition, I know we've been up and down a few times, but I want us to stand up for a second. You know, Tareen, uh, Tareen brought something that I just think is absolutely powerful, that for our world to change, for our lives to change, we need to be filled with his living water. That living water has to consume you and me, and it has to consume our world. And when that living water of Jesus Christ consumes those places, we will see the dramatic change that we're all crying out for in our personal lives and in our world. But it all comes down to that living water. It's all about that. That's it. We need to cry out for that living water. We have to cry out for that living water. There's something even within us that hesitates at crying out for the living water of God. I don't know, maybe it's our problems at home, personal issues, money's not in the bank. I don't know. I just know there's stuff. But I know the solution is the living water. I know the solution for all of the people you work with in your jobs that aren't saved the ones that irritate you, the ones that rub you, the ones that frustrate you, the solution is the living water of Christ. The solution for all the crime in Spruce Grove, in Edmonton, in our world, the solution is the living water of Jesus Christ. 
the solution for poverty in our world, the living water. The solution for AIDS, malaria, the living water. For every disease that is on this planet, the solution is the living water of Jesus Christ. So let's take a minute. You know, Jesse's talked a lot about the awkwardness of pushing through stuff. Let's be honest, who cares? I am so tired of caring. I honestly am. I realize there's something more important than how I feel right now. I've been stuck on that one. Some of you have been stuck on that one. Let's push past that right now. And cry out for that living water right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, we lift up whatever comes to our mind, whether it's the unsaved, whether it's our personal problems, our issues. Father, whether it's blockages we know we have in our own hearts. Father, we cry out for your living water to come into every situation. Father, come into our nations, come into the nation of Canada. Come into the United States. Come into Mexico, Father. Come into Ireland. Come into Guatemala. Father, may your living water flow in the city of Edmonton, into every business, into every school, into every church. May the living water of Jesus Christ flow through every church. So, Father, I pray. God, help us to push past all those blockages. We are so tempted just to go through six songs and get out of here. But Father, when we walk outside these doors, we see a world that is dying. Something has to shift in the church. May it start here. May it start in Ireland. May it start in Guatemala. Something's got to change. And Father, I believe it's us. It's us. Desiring your living water more than anything else. Just to speak something over the, 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 the church this morning. I know that just uh, during worship... I know that I was very, very blessed to be, to be able to participate with you and connect with you to the living God. And I remember whenever I bought my first bicycle, I remember the guy telling me that he had to put 70 pounds of pressure into the tire. And I'm thinking, well, if a big tire on a car takes 30 pounds of pressure, 
how on earth could you put 60 or 70 pounds into a little thin tire? So I just felt this morning to some degree that, that God's pump was connected to this church, and as you were worshiping and exalting and lifting the name of Jesus in this place, that He was putting something wonderful and special, and that is living water that He's putting into this place. But as an evangelist, and I have to, I have to say this, that part of my journey in, in Venezuela was uh, an evangelism program over 175 square kilometers of Barcazi Meadow, two million people, and we had given out nearly half a million pieces of literature in an eight-year period with Desiree and with, uh, with uh, Noel and various people, and we've seen how God moved and did wonderful things in that. And whenever I come to smaller communities like, like Spruce Grove and where we are at the moment in Ireland, there's a thousand people in our community. It's a very, very different strategy, obviously, as to what you have to do here. But I just sense that, that God's come to that place where he, He's just filled this church so much. And you have something. The only thing that, that stops you from taking what you have, that living water, and presenting that to the community outside is yourself. And as and when we see past that, I really believe that God is going to do wonderful things in this community. His will be done. His kingdom come through each and every one. Amen. Thanks again. God bless you. I'm really feeling a stirring in me that's, that's uh, pretty intense at the moment. And it's kind of taking a lot for me to even hold it down right now. So I'd like to release a little bit of it. Let's just spend like a minute and access that place that we touched right at the end. It's funny how it touches at the end sometimes. You're like, oh, it's over. Guess we didn't quite go there. And then actually what happened was Chris came up. And Chris, I mean, Chris is one of my dearest friends that I've ever had in my entire life. Okay, you have to understand. Like he is, he... I look at him as more of a brother than maybe anybody else I ever have looked at. So, me and Chris, though, are very different. Anyone figure that out? <laughs> very different. So it's amazing that we have this connection, but when typically, the Lord uses someone more like me to release what Chris released. But the word this morning is, is that the Lord is about, he's about to take it's going to take you through something that you maybe thought wasn't possible. He's going to use you to open up realms that many before have never been able to open up. And I remember a few weeks ago, just my own wife, who, you know, going through her life was never coined that person to open up something. She stood up here in front of all of us and opened something up. And the Lord says in this day that, I am going to use whoever, whoever, whoever wants to be used to release the living water, to open up the realms that have been reserved for this day. Now I'm going to speak about what I've seen in the place we call heaven. See, God has prepared so perfectly, so perfectly, this this plan that he's never caught off guard, that he's never confused, so much so that he can say about himself, I never change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
because he knows it. And what he says is that there is a storehouse in heaven. Many of them that just can contain this water that is reserved for this day. And he's going to release it to whoever would open up their heart. Jesus prophesied to the people and he said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of what? Rivers of living water. You see, that was a prophecy that Jesus knew. He saw those storehouses in heaven. He saw where the source of the river was. And he knew that it was infinite. And he was speaking to the people, and some people are like, you know, carpenters or fishermen or people that had to beg in the street, people that, you know, didn't really seem like they had it together. And he spoke to them and said, not only will you come and be with me in eternity, but you're going to release the very essence of heaven here in the earth. And so when Chris opened that up this morning, the Lord spoke to me, and I'm going to have to prophesy over my friend Chris. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> okay, here it is. The Lord says to you that I've placed a word deep inside of your heart. And in this next day, you will explore the realms that you thought were just out of reach and meant for others to touch. But the body here today must recognize something important. The fact is that this man has been placed as an authority in this house. And he will touch things in open realms that many of you have just dreamed about touching. And the Lord says we must now submit ourselves and humble ourselves under that authority. And trust as he touches something that it's meant for now and meant for here. The Lord spoke to the prophet Noah. And he said, I must do something in the earth. I must change something in the earth. And I am going to use you to build a vessel that no one knows what it is. Because where you're going to build it is going to be in the middle of a place that never had an ocean or never had a lake. And something's going to fall from the heaven that no one's ever seen called rain. And things and portals from the earth are going to open up and shoot water from underground. And no one's ever seen it. And he's called men and women this day to build another ark. Not one of hiding. Not one of, of rescuing. But one that would contain a presence that can change and affect the globe. There is a rain that is about to fall called the glory of God that is going to change nations. And the thing is, no one's ever seen it fall. So we don't know what to build. We don't know how to do it. We just stand here wandering seemingly aimlessly. Where am I going? What am I doing? What is my purpose here? But the Lord called Noah. And this morning he's calling all of us. Will you build this ark? Will you build the vessel that can ride on my glory? Let's pray in the Spirit. 
It says in Genesis 7, verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up. And the windows of heaven were opened. This is a sign to us for this day. That God says he is about to break open the fountains of the deep and open the windows of heaven once again. You think revivals in, in a few you know, isolated locations is what it's going to be. But it's something that's going to sweep across a nation. It's something that's going to sweep across a generation. It's something that's going to sweep across a people. I don't know how to, how, to, how to relate this to you, but we were talking on Friday, and I went through the modes of transportation from walking. And everyone thought that was great. And then someone figured out, I can ride a horse. And that horse gets me really far. And then someone figured out, well, I can build a train. And then someone figured out, well, I can build a car. And then someone figured out, well, we can fly. And then someone figured out, wow, we can be, we can go to space. The Lord says that there's another transportation wave that's about to be open. Almost like, this is crazy, teleportation. Like something that earth-shattering where flying was to someone that rode a horse their whole life. The teleportation would be to people that drive in cars and fly in planes. Something that great, something that drastic is about to come to the earth. And you know, we see technologies in the earth rising up. We see these technologies growing faster and faster and we can communicate and send pictures around the world in a split second. And we can talk to people all over the world whenever, wherever we are. And we think this is the height. Surely this is the height. But there's shadows. There's shadows of what the Spirit of God is going to do. There's shadows of what He's going to release in this day. There's shadows. The greatest structures of man, the greatest achievements of man are foolishness to him. Yet he looks for the Noah. He looks for the one that says, yes, I will build. He looks for the one that says, my heart is yours. He looks for the one that is obedient. And it was Noah's obedience that allowed him and his family to be saved. And so week in and week out, we come to this body, we come to this church, and people, men and women, come and exhort us to worship and pour our hearts out and, and to see God and to, and, to, and to interact with Him. Yet are we obedient. Are we more concerned with what I'm doing later? Holy Spirit, we submit ourselves to your process. We submit ourselves to your plan. We say that we 
want to be as responsive and as obedient as Noah. We don't know at times what we're building. We don't understand at times what's being said. Yet there's something, there's something real that is happening to me. There's something alive that is happening. There's something that is changing me. And all I can account it to is I'm seeing God. Because it's the only, only, only source that can bring real change. And so we see things happening in our world like was announced today. And yes, we need to be involved. But we need to be even more involved than just signing a petition and say, well, I did my part. There's something deeper that God is trying to get people to cling on to. He's, he's trying to get people to bring heaven to the earth. He's trying to bring a whole different structure, a whole different communication, a whole different mode of transportation, a whole new mind-blowing technology from here and bring it and deposit it, install it, and run it here in the earth. And he's using people like you and me. He's using people like us who, you know, to be really bold about it, not bright. Some people are smarter than others. I was talking to Gordon Otter this morning. When I look at Gordon Otter, I mean, there's not many guys I know that are more smart than him. I can't even say it right. He's a smart man. And he knows he is. <laughs> he knows it. Yet he was speaking and he said, Oh, if I could just... I know that my mind is trying to lead, but my mind can't lead. My spirit must lead. And here's the real word of this whole thing of where the Lord's taking us. The mind cannot lead us into this next communication. It cannot lead us in to the fountains of the deep opening up. It cannot lead us into the land he's laid out and reserved for this day. The practical application will not cut it. The intellect cannot fathom it. The universities and the schools around cannot teach it. For it is led purely by the Spirit of God. And the spirit that he's placed in us will lead. That's the only way. That's the only way you could build an ark that would take a hundred X number of years. That's the only way you can build something without really knowing what the final structure is. It's trusting that someone has it figured out. And so we lean in to the spirit of God and allow our spirits to lead. I'll say it one more time just to make sure we're clear. The next wave that we're moving into, the next move that we're moving into globally will not be one of intellect or a teaching. It will be one of a move of the Spirit of God and a people that respond purely to that 
and out of faith. And so we have the morning like this morning where it's, you know, oh, we're just waiting and stretching ourselves and feeling awkward about ourselves and wondering what's happening and oh, are we done? Do we, keep, do we move forward? Do we do something else? Do we just keep waiting? All those questions come running through the head, but the Lord the whole time knew if I can pull them to the end of themselves, to where they're almost done, <laughs> to where they're finished themselves, I can do something then. And so I commend the Lord for doing that. And I thank him for using Chris to open that up for us. Because that was what it was all about this morning, that moment. <laughs> it was all built, did you catch that? It was all built for that moment. Something was released then. And this week, as we start to remember what happened, remember that moment. Ah, oh, it was my spirit that led. I, I was done. I was, I was ready to sit down and just kind of let the rest of the day happen. But one more time, we pushed in and said, you know what? I'm going to give myself to this. And what does he do? He opens it up. He opens it up. As Galen said, he's faithful. He does not change. Let's pray again. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to give ourselves. The opportunity to worship. The opportunity to open up our hearts and our spirits. We say today that I commit today to not be led by my intellect or what I know. But to be led by the wind of the spirit. To be led and blown and directed by that to be led into what needs to be done, to led into what doesn't need to be done, to be led into building the structure that you've called to be built in this day. So rather than one man of no, he's called to generation, and that means everyone that's alive right now. He's called them to build this thing. And whoever can come and contribute to that are the ones that are led by the Spirit of God. For they shall be the sons of God. Amen. Amen.